Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. We talked about briefly Pete Carroll out in Seattle. Nick Saban retiring at Alabama. Belichick's watch is on. Is he going to San Diego? Is he staying? Not San Diego. L.A. I'm never going to not do that. (laughs) It's always going to be the San Diego Superchargers to me. Is he going to to coach the Chargers? Is he not? Who knows? What's going on? Well, here's some more news in the coaching world in the Big Sky Conference. Earlier today, we reported at Skyline Sports, Taylor Housewright, the offensive coordinator there at MSU the last three seasons, he's out to take the same job at Akron. He is a Ashland uh, alum. Ashland's a Division II school in Ohio, right next to right down the road from from Akron. He reunites with Joe Moorhead who he worked with at Oregon, Housewright did. So uh, Housewright's tumultuous year at Montana State comes to an end. Uh, As you remember, he was charged with aggravated DUI back in May. I believe those charges are still pending. I don't think that's it's played out in the court of law fully yet. And uh, then there was just sort of the regression in the Montana State offense down the stretch, particularly the game against Idaho and the the game against... um, Montana. Not surprised that Housewright was going to be on the move but for both sides of the thing, both because it was a tumultuous year, but also because he's such a talented young coach. But Brent Vegan wastes no time. He elevates Tyler Walker, the tight ends coach, to the offensive coordinator role. So that'll be interesting to see how that all goes. But obviously, Vegan's been thinking about that and uh, obviously had a plan for that because the promotion was pretty much within the day of Housewright taking the job uh, at Akron. If you missed anything in the first hour, Nuanas Now, you can find it. On the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. MSU Bookstore, visit msubookstore.org. And our good friends at Schulte Law, visit jschultilaw.com for any and all of your legal needs. Time for the ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. You need a place to watch NFL playoffs all Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Paradise Falls will have breakfast, lunch, and dinner specials all throughout the weekend. They got 22 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, great place to gather with family and friends alike. They also have all the high school sports streaming there at Paradise Falls as well. Go check them out there on Brook Street. Uh, 3621 Brooks, to be specific, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hot spot. You're back. You're back from Texas. You've been to. You've been here. To, I am with my fiddle and everything. <laughs> you've been to Frisco a couple times. How was this one compared to the last couple? You know, it was better. Suarez here, by the way, on, ES, on the ESPN roundtable. We already uh, recorded, pre-recorded our all football all the time, so forgot to reintroduce him. But uh, here he is, uh, Skyline Sports uh, co-founder and uh, lead photographer, and uh, just got back from the national championship game as Montana falls twenty-three to three to, to South Dakota State. Anyways, how was Man, it? Man, you really teed it up for me. It makes me feel really accomplished. <laughs> well, you all are. sorts of things there. It was great, Colter. The the weather was much better. The last two times I've been, so it's third time. Uh, it rained pretty much the whole time. And this, there was some weather and stuff. It was storming when we left, but 
during the game, it was 60 degrees and sunny, 55 and sunny, and I was enjoying myself. Um, the overall atmosphere, the Grizz really showed out. The, the fact is that when there's 26,000 people in the stadium in, here in Missoula, Coulter, you feel like you know everybody. If you condense that down to the 10,000 most rabid fans, you do know everybody. Like there wasn't people I saw that I didn't look familiar right. to me that I hadn't seen before. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Of course there was a couple, but I just never left and right. There's people you know, which is really exciting. Um, and overall, just really good energy. South Dakota State brought the energy, a different style of fan base, even the North Dakota State. This is middle America, baby. You know, I, this is not a slight to any, any, <laughs> any, uh, anyone living in the uh, Iowa, South Dakota, Kansas area, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just a different style of party, a different style of demeanor, uh, but nice folks overall. There was a couple tiffs here and there. That's what you expect with competition, right, Colter? But uh, the Grizz fans showed out the Grizz Fest event at the uh, Riders AAA Stadium there. Uh, really, I mean, gosh, I think that they probably anticipated like 800 people and there was like 6,000. Uh, <laughs> I know the pictures were crazy. They completely destroyed the field. Uh, they're going to be real mad about that. But halfway through, they were not stoked on what the infield looked like because of the Grizz fans uh, partying on the pile. Uh, yeah. They wrecked it like, you know, remember when the Osprey field here in Missoula, or rather the Paddlehead sta- uh, field, got wrecked by uh, Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons. This was that. Yeah. This was like a three-year Man, it's nobody's three fault. Month. It's not, it's not oh, even being crazy. It's just too many people in, in a place. Right? And everyone was wearing cowboy boots. Like, that was right. the thing. Everyone brought their boots and, like, right, they, right, they right. jacked this place up. Uh, they ran out of beer, like, halfway through. Oh, they had to go get more beer. Um, it was... I heard they ran out of beer at the game, too. I think they ran out of beer every Everywhere. Uh, I don't <laughs> know what the they're anticipating. <laughs> and certainly fireballs going to, you know, the stock of fireballs going through the roof. So oh, it was enjoyable, Coulter. I thought the turnout was great. And I actually, you know, if we're going to talk about the game at all, which I'd love to, uh, I actually have more positive feelings about it than I think a lot of people took away. Was it, I guess, it's everything's different. Nothing in life is completely the same. In what ways was the just experience as a whole different than when we went down there last time in 2021 to to follow Montana State? Because but that that was also a great uh, reunion and, and uh, sort of conglomeration. I think the one thing that I noticed was when we went down to Frisco to cover the Cats, like you said, ton of familiar faces, but a ton of familiar faces who we'd already been seeing all football season long. People that had been. Patrons and Bozeman often. This was like, th- this garnered so many, and, th- and part of this is just our our proximity bias to this, but like so many of our friends that don't live in Montana anymore came to this thing. Right? Definitely. Like yeah. our ones that live in California and our, hey, we have a couple friends that live in Texas. and Absolutely. And so yep. th- that was part of it. Well, what else was different maybe just about the overall experience than when the, the cats were there? I want to be careful with this because I think the Cats had a lot of confidence. And I thought the difference, Coulter, was that North Dakota State at that moment was such a power. And Montana State was on a crazy awesome run. But if I remember right, they were the eight seed, Coulter. Is that correct? They were the eight, were the eight seed, seed with right. a freshman quarterback. That's right. So I think that there was a little bit more of a feeling that the Grizz could win this game than the Cats could beat North Dakota State. Right. Not that they were on equal footing with South Dakota State. There was plenty of hesitation sure, there. Sure. But I did think that, like, man, if Tommy can do it, oh, I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's a chance. I thought there was a lot of, like, confidence on the Grizz side. And, again, that's not comparing Cats and Grizz. Don't take this out of context, right? Sure. Um, I thought that that was a reality of it. Like I mentioned, the weather was better, so the field was a little drier, even though it was still wet. I want, I would love to do an hour on the field because I, to describe what it actually is and, and, and 
the makeup of it and and the conditions of it. It is wild that it's played there. It is not. It is the weirdest field I've ever seen in my it's entire. It's not life. a football field. But it's, it's a not soccer. Even a, field. I don't get this. How it's a soccer field? I don't either. either. I don't either. It's it's like it's it's like not turf and not grass. And the only thing you can see, you know, how when you are you're on turf, it's rubber, and if you're on grass, it's dirt. The, it's all sand. So the the dirt is only sand, and I think that that's like a style, like maybe Bermuda grass or something. That is wild, but I digress. Um, the other thing that was a little bit different, Colter, was there was a ton of media there as far as uh, yeah photographers go. There was t- two times as many. For sure. There was no room. The photo room had 50 people in it, and there was older professional dudes showing up that were like, is there really no seats? It's like, it was packed with that. The sidelines were packed. Um, that was a little bit different. Um, I think that both teams were really feeling confidence in that sense. So, uh, overall, Frisco is what it is. It's a cool place. It's a fun place to go. I heard this about the the FBS National Championship in Houston, is that Houston's a mega city. You know, it is, right. in the metro is what, six, seven million people. I think even more. When yeah. you're walking around, you know, um, not actually downtown Houston, but on a side street or something, you're not just seeing jerseys and stuff. When you're in Frisco, all it is is South Dakota City and Grizzlies. Right, even though Dallas, so that's cool, Dallas you know? is the seventh largest city in the country. Frisco's 35 but, miles but from Dallas. D- Frisco, Frisco is the suburb of Dallas that's made for events for visitors. It's just for visitors. That's what yeah. they made. Like, you're not yeah. going to see locals besides the people that are working at the places. All yeah. you're seeing there's is no, the people yeah. there's no industry that are there anything, for yeah. your event that you're there for. That's what makes it cool, though. It is cool. Because you, you can't not find people. Everyone's got their colors on. It's, it right. feels very... Right. That, that part of it makes Frisco really cool. Yeah. Um, that's a part that, you know, Boise, you know, when we go down there for basketball, you, you can find some stuff, but it's also just locals in a normal city. Right. Um, like you walk out of the Grove in Boise. It's just and, people. And you're just in Boise. You're just, you're just hanging Boise. out with yeah. Boise people and everybody's like, what are you guys doing? You're like, covering a basketball tournament. They're like, like which one? Which, yeah, what, what is what's going what's on? What's going on? Where yeah. in Frisco, yeah. everybody, especially the people that are working at the they places. They all know. Yeah. They're like, oh, you guys are here for the national championship game. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. We love people from Montana. We love people from South Dakota. And the hospitality is really good. So that was it was it was a good experience overall, um, and I think that besides the stadium, it could be in a cooler place. You know, I like Frisco. Don't get me wrong; it's 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 a fun time. Decent food, decent you know bars, all that stuff is cool. But uh, I you know I say put everything in in uh, in Vegas. But hey, that's just me. <laughs> Take it back to Reno. Let me Take it give back me to the Reno. SCS championship game in Reno. It's Nuanas now. ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Brooks Nuanas joining me. Coulter Nuanas here talking all things. FCS championship. Okay, so there's the experience part of it. I'll start with the biggest question because we've already talked about a lot of the ins and outs and stuff at the game, and we'll get into some of the details of, of you know, how the ebbs and flows went. But the biggest question that everybody's asking and everybody's debating is after South Dakota State wins 23-3 to and they've won 29 in a row and counting, and they've won back-to-back national championships, what is the gap between South Dakota State and Montana? There's a gap. There's a gap. There's a gap for sure. What is the gap? How do you, you want me to do it on one to ten? Do you want me to do it in, in a color wheel? I guess how close is Montana? Close. I agree. And are they closer than they you thought they were going to be going into that game? Um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. So pretty neutral on that point. I kind of it. Just, I thought that the Grizz had a decent chance, and that's exactly what they had for a moment. Um, yep, for a whole half. For a whole half. Uh, in fact, they should have been winning the half, right? A half of a yard. That's um, right. Which is that not some excuse to to take away from what South Dakota State did, and you got to get that half yard, so they didn't. So um, you know, I'll walk it back there. But the idea of 
uh, the offensive line being overmatched. I didn't think they were until they got leaned on in you know third fourth quarter when the game was already over. Sure, you can talk about that, but uh, overall, I would say that if on a one to scale a ten, if people thought it was a five that there was a big gap, that it wasn't necessarily as big as maybe North Dakota State has had, but there was a large gap. I'd say it's a little bit less than that. I'd say it's more like two and three. Um, I think that there is a gap, though. The places, and you, can, and you can give me your first-hand account of all this, but the places I thought that South Dakota State was definitively superior to Montana were one quarterback, that's obvious. Very much so. Two, defensive line depth. The depth, yep. Yeah. And but by the in the second half, after South Dakota State got up two scores, they they rolled a different defensive line in every series. Yeah, over and over and over. They played ten different guys they on did. the defensive line. It it was hard to keep track of who's who. I think that's why they have sort of this quote unquote no name defense yeah, because they no don't face. have they don't have any guys that have like crazy numbers because they just play so many dudes. So I thought that was part of it. I also completely and utterly underestimated. South Dakota State's secondary. I thought that was going to be a place where Montana's was going to be able to make hay. We both underestimated that. Uh, their secondary was nasty. Number two was like the most underrated. I mean, number two was one of the biggest dogs on the whole field, both sides Monster. of the Monster. I mean, Isaiah Stalbert is the is the real deal, man. That Safeties is, were dudes. Yeah, their, their secondary was really good. It was uh, so across the board. I think number that's, five that's was really good. Yeah, and and uh, I think that. Offensive line. I, I do think Montana's offensive line held up uh, pretty well, but I just think that to to close the gap against South Dakota State, if you have an upgraded quarterback, you're better on the offensive line. You have better defensive line depth. Those are the three places where South Dakota State is beating not just Montana but everybody. Yeah, it's it was depth and and yeah. and, and just some size, which. Not on the offensive line because the Grizz are freaking 6'5", 300 pounds across the board, right? So, like, yeah. we talk about size. You're talking about more about length. You're talking about girth. You're talking about lower body development. A guy like Kale Edwards, who's one of my favorite developmental guys on the Grizz, who's a guy that had a great chance, had to get bigger, got a little bit bigger. Yeah. Is real, you know, has great burst, super athletic. He's just so undersized for what. South Dakota State is putting at that same position, right? You know they're putting totally different scheme. Two hundred and sixty-five pound dudes, yeah. different. Yeah, he's playing like a speed end. Like it's a different thing, but like he's a slight dude compared no, to some of sure. these guys that are rolling out there. I mean, Kate Tavir, the 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 biggest dude on the like the number one guy on South Dakota State's defensive line, weighs twenty-five more pounds than than Kale Edwards. Yeah, yeah. So I think size was definitely a thing. You know, but the same thing, Coulter, when it comes to just you know general size is. The ability to break tackles. You know, you saw the Yankee brothers both catch balls where a guy like Nash Fouch, who's a banger. You know, Nash Fouch has, a, has been a good player yeah. for a long time. Um, go up and just give it everything he had and just bouncing off people. Yep. You know, guys getting 10, 15 extra yards. That strength. When you look at a guy who's 215, you can't put him in a box and say he's the 215 strong. These guys, doesn't matter their height and weight. They're they're playing a stronger. They're playing more physical. And there is a fearlessness that comes and it's just exactly what North Dakota State has had for a long time and when the Grizz are rolling when the Cats are rolling uh, when good FCS teams are playing like this they have it for moments they have it for month but it's very rare to have one-on-one tackles where you are fearless and your head is across the bow and you are cleaning people and that's what South Dakota State was able to do Um, it is it's a cultural thing it's a mentality thing I thought it was really interesting that head coach Jimmy Rogers after the game he was getting a lot of praise himself and he wanted to deflect the praise he wanted to give it a little bit to the defensive coordinator but he he really mentioned one thing in particular he said and I have to mention our mental 
strength coach. Our, I thought that was fascinating. They, the guys talked about that all in the weeks leading up to that as well. Mark Ranowski referenced it. Adam Bach referenced it. Both offensive linemen, Mason McCormick and Garrett. Did Greenfield you see on the TV when they were on the sideline and the guy would come grab him by the shoulders and they would go eye to yes. eye and they'd be looking and talking through the moment and how to yes. capitalize? and the, the level of development that these kids are getting these days is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that is the next step. It's, it is the fueling station where you're getting right. smoothies and bananas anytime you want. When I had a chance to play, you got 250 bucks to the food zoo every month. They, <laughs> right. they said good luck. That's right. Like So the fueling station, then it's the indoor practice facility, then it's right. the upgrade in the weight right. room. Right. But you start to take it to a next level when you have a mental strength coach, someone that is truly developing how you have a winner's mentality. South Dakota State has that, all, that DNA all over their program. That's what Brooks Nuanas here on Nuance Now ESPN Radio. It's the ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls. When I was texting you about Jimmy Rogers, that was the point I was trying to convey is he is so he's a football coach that's implementing great schematics and stuff, but it's the it's the dedication to discipline and discernment and um, mental fortitude and being unwavering and having a growth mindset. It's all these new age like stoic philosophy things that people in the business world, like our world, are trying to study to, ha- to try to keep themselves sharp and hone their next step in terms of developing as a man. And they're doing that at South Dakota State. I thought that was a striking point as well. So I'm glad you brought that up. The mental strength coach and also just the mental strength development that those guys are getting. Like they talked about it ad nauseum. And that's where it comes in where you can get up at a press conference and you can say, this is the greatest defense in FCS history. Without bravado, without being brash, without being cocky or arrogant, you are just stating an absolute fact, and people believe you because of the way that you delivered that statement. And it's true, and that's exactly what Jimmy Rogers said, and that's that's their team in a nutshell as well. Yeah, it is. Um, they're really good, Colter. I, I, I got to reemphasize that, that uh, there is a gap, and Montana has several things they've needed to fix for a long time, and it starts at quarterback, like you said, and Clifton McDowell announced his his uh, entry into the transfer portal, which to us is 0% surprise. How can you be surprised that a guy transfers, a guy who was third string to start the season, that they had to put in just due to necessity and injury Um pretty much wasn't wanted when it comes to when you know in this day and age when you're a quarterback who transfers in and that's the position you get put in you don't feel like you're very wanted and they ride you uh like a you know like an absolute workhorse all the way to the natty and then of course you're gone you can go take an opportunity i mean zero percent surprise to me but that's where it starts as far as the the major development and they got a great guy in in the young ayat kid who has the potential to do that. Uh, but then, like you mentioned, Colter, you got to get more depth at, on the defensive line. Uh, I think it just kind of is the main uh, point of emphasis for the Grizzlies. Let's hash out this this McDowell thing. This is the news of the day here. Clifton McDowell, uh, senior quarterback for the Montana Grizzlies, into the transfer portal. He made a post on uh, Monday on his Instagram page saying, you know, typical stuff. Yada, yada, yada. I love my teammates like my brothers. We came up short this year, but the work starts tomorrow. Revenge Tour, hashtag Revenge Tour 2024. So he basically was saying on Monday, we're running it back. And on Tuesday, he's not. I'm not going to speculate as to why. I think that the reasons why probably have to do with either exit meetings and not having a guaranteed opportunity to be the starter, other opportunities to transfer that include NAL money, a combination of both, or maybe some coaching staff uh, turnover. I think all of those things could be, but we're not going to speculate on which one it is at this exact moment. That said, McDowell had moments this year 
where he was great. I think deciding on him as a starting quarterback, just the fact that they decided on a guy, as you said all year long, was a huge point in their team. I also think him having deficiencies, ironically, galvanized them to play the team-oriented style that they needed to play. Because it was basically like, hey, we just got to stem the time until this, this, and this, and then he'll hit one or two throws. But at the end of the day, to, to get to the national championship game, to win 13 games and win 10 in a row, with your quarterback only needing to throw to complete 10 passes and not throw a pick or just throw one pick if he's going to throw one and hit one bomb per game, it's a pretty piecemeal way of operating. And don't take away from his running ability. His running ability was great. He's an absolute horse in the hole, He's dude. a horse in yeah, the hole. You don't want to deal with that, dude. You definitely don't. Um, I, don't I guess, I don't know... I don't want to be that guy and and sound like so many of these other like there's these fan bases like I heard from the guys over in Idaho for example and they're like well Joy McCoy transferring is like it is what it is but like our backup guy's going to be better and I'm not saying that and I'm not saying that Kiali the Ayat is going to be straight up better than Clifton McDowell next year all I'm saying is that McDowell was fine this year he was good he was good. Yeah, he was good you have to be better than him at quarterback if you're going to beat South Dakota State or North Dakota State and that's point blank period. Absolutely. All this talk about the hog mollies and how big and strong South Dakota and North Dakota State are and all this stuff. At the end of the day, the entire duration of the North Dakota State dynasty included NFL quarterbacks and now South Dakota State. I don't know if Mark Renassi is an NFL quarterback. He's he, not. he is the best quarterback in the United States of America at the FCS level, 36-1 and one against FCS teams. That's what you have to have if you want to beat those guys. Yeah, he's not league. I he's digress. not. Um, they're... Tell me this. Tell me this. If you traded quarterbacks in that game, that's it. Just traded quarterbacks. Who wins? I think Montana's got a hell of a shot. Right. Because think about how good Montana's receivers were with a guy who can't really throw. He can throw it. He can throw it fine. Yeah. But imagine them with like, um, put Jake Bleskin on the Montana Grizzlies this year. Easy now. But you know know what I'm saying? I'm a Jake Bleskin fan. Okay. 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 Put Jordan Cook from Idaho State on Montana this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, your point's well taken. I mean, put, put. Caden Bennett from Sacramento State. Put uh, Dante Sacheray from Portland State. Agree. I, uh, the Sacheray looks dope. <laughs> I mean, that's um, what I'm saying, right? So tell me this. We agree, and I think that our, the listeners here are, are are absolutely picking up what you're putting down. Tell me this, Coulter. You don't have to get philosophical with it. Why can't the Grizz get someone that can absolutely rip it? Because I don't think they want to. Right. I agree. I think, I think that there's been one quarterback in which he was recruited to be a pro-style quarterback, and they were intent on developing him from the duration of his career, and he also had the fortitude and the personality to endure the way that the, the Bobby Houck system is, and he's the only guy that really ever was a, a real good player for the duration of his career playing, on this, playing under most of these coaches, and that's Cole Berkowitz. That's the only guy. Agreed. Andrew Sell blossomed in Bobby Hawks last year and then you know sort of had to carry it on into Robin Flugrad's first year. He's probably also in that split mix. time, not the same athlete. Definitely not the same athlete. But they just they've never really recruited to it. Yeah. Why? They don't want to, but that's not enough. I agree. Like when you watch like I think defensive if you I Albany, think, what's think, the U Albany kids? Say? I think defensive coaches get drunk on that guy would be so hard to prepare for. Think about all the defensive coaches in the Big Sky this year. What did all of them do this year? They ran two quarterback systems on offense because they think it's hard to prepare for. 
But really, it just screws you up unless you have two really, really good quarterbacks. God. I mean, Chris Ball's running a four-quarterback system in NAU, and he gets fired. Like, what? come on, you know? But with the portal, and like like I said, the U Albany kid, what's his name? Reese Poffenbarger. Poffenbarger. Going to Miami. Just can absolutely rip it. Like, just ripping it. Why aren't you getting a guy <laughs> that can chuck the, chuck it? I just don't get it. Well, it, they have one. His name's Keeley Liat. Yeah, totally. Yep. And the thing is that I, I want to make sure that this is known is that when you're on the sideline, if you're 20 yards away from this and you watch Clifton McDowell throw the ball, thing whistles. Oh, no. He, th- he can throw it. Everyone can chuck it. Right? Oh, that's what right. I'm saying is it's about your base. It's about your mental. It's about your hips. It, it, it's about putting the ball in a, in a spot. This is a, such it's a about, high level. It's, it's about your pocket press. I mean, McDowell, McDowell can roll out to the right behind a moving shield and throw it as hard as he can to Aaron Fonts on a crossing route. Absolutely. That's what they did all year long. Yeah, yeah. He can play playground football. But what, what about like a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven step not drop, happening. three steps into the pocket, pump, 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 nope. three different reads, throw it into a window. Like not that's, not, that's not happening. Yeah, it takes a lot of development. It takes a lot they of don't have the people, to, maybe the coaching to develop it. Maybe that's part of it. You shy away from it because you don't feel comfortable with that. But Pease is a guy that could de- develop it. We'll see, you know, what the offensive staff, how it's retained and who's where. I just think it's the biggest flaw of the, the I think that the culture and like the, the system that goes into how the Grizz win all for one, one for all. We're a military unit. We're going crazy as It doesn't hell. work for the quarterback position. It's the only position where, because yeah. you have to have one, you have to have this guy over here. That's where South Dakota State nailed it. They do have this completely no-name defense that plays 20 guys and they run to the ball and they bang and they hit so hard and all this stuff. And then they have same deal on offense, but they have a dude. They have a trigger man. Yeah, and I think that they've done a lot of development of Gronowski, but also you got to just recruit that guy. For sure. You gotta just recruit guys that can throw it, for sure. There's also the, there's like a missing link there too. Like Gronowski gets so much praise for breaking in the lineup as a true freshman and galvanizing their team, leading them to the national championship game that spring season. But he also had a whole year. He got a redshirt year without it counting, so he wasn't a true freshman. It's the same thing with Tommy Mallott. Where's the gap with the Grizz? Where, where was the guy that was supposed to be that guy yeah. during that time? But like, like, that, but that's supposed to be a leg up for everybody. Like you said, Coulter, is that the way it works for Bobby is that he won't, he doesn't allow someone to break through and galvanize because that's him only. Right. That's probably the hang up, right? And, and a that's guy, why, a guy that's like what, Clifton McDowell works for Bobby and he lets him kind of just like play the heater he's on because he isn't that kind of a mo- uh, vocal leader. Right. He kind of just steps out of the spotlight and just shies away, you know, just says, hey, I'm just going to do me. I'll, I'll follow along, march to the orders, do whatever it is. That's why I wonder, you know, I know we, again, we have a proximity bias and a personal bias because Cole Berkowitz is our good buddy and we, you know, shared a house with him for a long time. And Shut up, Burke. We got to see him up close and personal forever. He can spin it. He not only can spin it, but he has he has the perfect personality to deal with somebody like Bobby Houck because Cole has like unquestioned confidence in himself and his abilities. And even if he's trying to get put in a box, he knows how to be in that box and still be um, the man. And push back on Bobby. And push back on Bobby all the time. Like, I remember the press conferences from back then, because now, like, the guys sit there next to Bobby, and they're, like, they read their notes, and they're, like, cowering because they don't want to say something wrong. Cole would say something to make Bobby mad every single time. Yep, yep. And then after the end, it would be like, <laughs> yeah, did that, didn't I? And Bobby would just be like shaking his head, but also thought it was funny because Bobby's like, yeah, this guy's a grown man. He like knows yeah. how to do this. Yep, yep. So it's, I, I, just, I just think it's interesting that they've never gone back to a guy like that. I just think that would be a perfect quarterback for their system moving forward. Yeah, and, you know, 
it's got to be a kind of a diamond in the rough thing when they get when they get the six five pro style guy, the transfer, they get Craig Oaks. That that works, but it doesn't always. And you know, Burke was probably a little undersized coming out of high school. I mean, he's still a big guy, but you know, he's not sure. you know some huge monster guy and good athlete. Not the, you know not a NFL game breaker athlete, but a pro quarterback. And those guys are out there. Uh, you know, they got Jordan Johnson. Why don't they go back to that direction? I think it's going to be harder to find Burke. You know, Burke's a true pro that's quarterback. Right. I think it's easier to find Jordan Johnson. Well, that's right. Maybe they had him in Daniel Britt or something. You know, I don't know. But I, they're but I, out there, Colt. There's well, the whole point. This is not the great I, white buffalo. I was, just, I was just racking my brain, too, though. And there's been, there's been a couple other circumstances that have gone into this. Um, when, when you recruit the in-state guys, you really hope that they can develop. And Garrett Graves just played himself out of the quarterback room instantly because he just was, you know, he's a class B kid. So he played a ton of defense in high school. And then all of a sudden they tried him on special teams and he makes a huge hit against Eastern Washington. And now he's playing defense. And that's what it is. And he played a bunch on defense and that's a good move. But then you got a guy like Chris Brown, like you're not wrong for recruiting and then putting a ton of time into developing Chris Brown. Chris Brown is a beautiful athlete. He looks exactly like you think a quarterback should look. And when you watch him at practice, you're like, Oh, that's the starting quarterback. Like, if you just went out there with some layman scout, they'd be like, oh, yeah, number 12, that's the guy. And then it just doesn't doesn't work out for you. And then sometimes that causes you to have gaps, and then all of a sudden you have to go get Lucas Johnson, you have to go get Clifton McDowell, and you have to go get Sam Vidlack. Maybe this next round they can just figure out a way to just go all in on Kieli Liayat. What do you think of the Helena kid? Oh, uh, he's, yeah, I mean... He's a long ways away. Yeah, for sure. He's got a slow release. Yep, yep. In high school, he was big enough and fast enough to be able to either outrun and or run over guys. Sure. He's not fast enough to get away from anybody at this level. Sure. He holds on the ball too long, and he's he's got a slow release. He's he's okay. Uh, he's a little ways away. Gage Slider, I thought, looked pretty good, though. The kid out of Kalispell, Glacier. He's okay. Uh, and, and if he took another step, he'd be good. I just think I yachts dope. I just think I yachts really, really good. He's so. super good. So, uh, ESPN Roundtable here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, talking all things FCS National Championship. Gabe Brooks, Nuanas, joining us. Uh, anything else to add, just like on the gaps and I, anything else about the experience? I think that everyone kind of get picking up what we're putting down, like I said. I mean, it, there is a gap. I want to ask you this, because it happened in the FBS Championship, too. What do you think of the zero holding calls, no pass interference in championship? Do games? they call holding in no. college football anymore? But like, if you're do like, they hold, do they call holding? They in do not. Football? They do not. If you're I mean, Alex Gubner, like, what are you supposed to do if you if you get thirty chances and you get held on ten of them, dude? You got to get a call, his, right? His like, jersey got ripped yeah, off. Yeah, but it happened in the FBS is obviously a point of emphasis. Like, what do you think of it? Uh, I, it allows a team think, like Michigan and South Dakota State to dominate even more I, than they I was, would. I was trying to know? explain this. We had a little we had a, a little dinner party for the the FBS national championship game, and. Uh, some of the gals were asking me, oh, who do you like in college basketball this year? And I said, it's absolutely pointless to watch college basketball right now if you're trying to determine who you think is going to be good for your NCAA tournament It's only packet. about momentum, right? It's, about, it's, it's not only about momentum. The leagues are, di- are officiated completely differently than you get to the conference tournament, than you get uh, to the NCAA yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same thing. It's Different not, even, sport, it's not yeah. even the same rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like when we sit here and complain about how terrible it is to watch men's college basketball because of all the fouls and the inability to guard, that's not... People are like, well, March Madness is the greatest sporting event in the world. I agree. Because it all goes away. They just because bang they, bodies. They just yeah. bang and yeah. they don't yeah. call everything and it's they let crazy. guys play. It's so true. It, it's, it's frustrating, though, with the... With the national championships and like in, in football, they're t- man. We could go down the rabbit hole all the way on this, but 
they are so dead set intent on fitting the game into a three hour and 15 yeah. minute deal yeah. so they can run their yeah. three hours and 45 minutes worth of commercials and put it in a four hour time block and appease advertisers. Like if you watch games that are on national TV, like when you watch the ESPN plus archives of games, they're variable lengths. They're between two minute, two hours and 57 minutes and three hours and 32 minutes. When you watch the archived version of the national game, they put it exactly in a three-hour, exactly on the dot, boom. That is 100% by design. Yeah, yeah. They don't review things the same. It's not the same rules. It's not the same rules. And I think that people just, I don't know what I think of it because you can't change it because the TV dollar is going to rule all of sports for the rest of time. But There was two different plays. I saw Nick Osmo and Junior Bergen get tackled where they got tackled by the back of their helmet. The person's hand was in their helmet and it's, a horse collar, it's it's a it's penalty. A, right. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. And it's like and they talk about like the dangerous plays like that. You don't call holding sure, but I think that if you left a game and you say we didn't call a holding call on either team, you're doing a disservice to both teams. That's exactly I mean right, it's yeah. it's a little bit silly. It's so silly, man. I mean, we could make photo galleries of both Alex Governor and Brody Greeby. Full photo galleries yeah, of just, just pictures shredded. of those guys getting help. Yeah, yeah. Brody Greeby is going to end up his career at Montana State with like 25-plus sacks. He'd have 50 if yeah. he didn't get held It's true. every game. I don't know what to do about it, though, because I just think it is the way of the world. It's too bad. No, it's now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Brooks Nuan is here uh, on your radio dial. Uh, thanks so much for kicking it with us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, good football season. And guess what? Now it's the coaching carousel, then it's straight into recruiting, then straight into spring ball, and then it's all you just, just nonstop, Colter. It never, ever, ever ends. <laughs> we will be back here on uh, Nuanas Now. Right after this, thanks to Paradise Falls for their continued support. Go check them out for all of NFL Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 22 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers. Great place to gather with family and friends alike. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
I'm I'm just I'm auditioning for the trail still. That that's actually why I have this ESPN gig. I've really just been trying to beg for a job on the trail for the last six years. Welcome back. New on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app in studio with us now. Head coach of the Grizz hockey team, Mike Anderson. Good to see you, pal. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good to be back. Uh, first of all, happy New Year. Uh, thanks for swinging by. I know we caught up with you last week, kind of coming out of the break. But I wanted to ask you why we have you here before we talk some Grizz hockey. What do you think of the NHL right now? We had a fun deal last summer where you were coming on once a week just breaking down all things NHL playoffs, and that was really fun uh, just to learn because I know you're really into it. But what uh, what do you think of it right now? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it is in a good spot. The young talent is getting better and better, and they're more expressive than ever before. For like sure. They're more interesting people. And just like marketable yeah. type of yeah, guys. Yeah, just more just they're more willing to engage in the fan engagement side and like understand that they're part of this brand to try and grow the game and expand things. Yeah. Um, honestly, I have been so caught up with Grizz hockey <laughs> totally. that I haven't been paying too much attention. I know my Minnesota wild are terrible. Um, I wish they were worse so we could not be a bubble team and just be a top five pick team. Sound like um, me with the Vikings. Yeah. Oh, the Vikings as well. God. I feel you. Just be have, worse. Have you seen the thing on, uh, it's on YouTube somewhere, Secret Base. They did a six-part documentary on the history of the Vikings. Oh, God. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's incredible. It's sad. It's depressing. But basically, <laughs> we've been like the best, like a top five franchise in the regular season since we came in the league. We've never, we've had like two seasons where we've been like totally. three or four wins. We're up there with the Cowboys and the and the Packers and the Steelers. Yep. We're the only team in that realm of winning percentage without a Super Bowl. It's unbelievable. It's so sad. Anyways, NHL. Um, <laughs> I think the All-Star game's coming up. Austin Matthews is having a great season again. Yes. American there. Uh, always fun to watch Canada lose. They lost in the World Juniors uh, this year in the quarterfinals, and it's always fun to watch Canadian fans freak out on 16-year-old, 17-year-old kids. They're a little crazy up there. Uh, but yeah, I think the NHL is in a pretty good spot, actually. I think for the first time in my life, I thought it was cool. I was watching the Winter Classic. Yeah, you said this. I love this. And they're throwing fish out. They got Sir Mix-a-Lot going. They got, there's just a whole vibe to that game that for the first time in my life, I wasn't shaking my head and cringing watching <laughs> what the NHL was trying to do. So I thought that was a huge step. Their marketing's gotten a lot better. I like the way things are going. Um, but yeah, right now... Winnipeg's the top team in the league, and I'm not sure anyone within the marketing side is super stoked about that. <laughs> right, but uh, that's the way hockey goes, and there's a lot, a lot of fun teams to watch. So one yeah, of the main news, one of the main news briefs on ESPN.com today is uh, one of those great young stars, Connor Bedard. He's actually going to be out for six to eight weeks, got a broken jaw. So that's a bummer. The uh, the Blackhawks aren't that good, but he's like a very exciting young player. He's kind of a phenom. I mean, he's only, what, 19 or 20 years old. I don't think, he's 18 still, 18, jeez, man. He, and he's about this tall. Oh, he's can't tiny. See on radio, can't see that, but he's barely above the table. I'm yeah, yeah. Oh, um, you're right. He's listed at 5'10", which means he's, he's probably more five, like 5'7". <laughs> that dude is so small, but he has the best shot I've ever seen already, and he's super fun to watch. He's phenomenal. And the play got hurt wasn't even egregious he just kind of fell into a guy's shoulder as he was entering the zone tripped up a little bit right into his jaw it didn't look like much of a play but you know if you don't have a cage on and you're you know if my jaw just ran into your shoulder i was going 15 <laughs> miles per hour i'd probably break it too yeah, so totally. i think this is the way it goes unfortunate because with the all-star game coming up he had made that i believe so it would have been fun to watch him out there but you know mcdavid's back he's on a tear. He started out pretty slow. I don't know what. He must have got some of Michael's secret stuff, and now he is just absolutely 
dominating the league again. So, yeah, lots lots to like in the NHL for sure. Certainly a lot of young stars that are sort of leading the way. Mike Anderson, Chris, hockey coach in studio with us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Okay, let's talk uh, some Grizz hockey. So, um, what what did you think of just the, the legs last week? I mean, I first saw a, a split last weekend and your first time back from break. Uh, lost here in Missoula to Logan Lake, but then played him in the Winter Classic up there in Kalispell. We'll get to some of the, the fun and, and sort of the pilot circumstance around that, but how would you think the guys were, just legs and lungs and all that? You know, it wasn't really the legs and lungs Friday night that I was annoyed with. It was... <laughs> There wasn't a lot of compete to their to their game Friday night, and it's somewhat understandable an exhibition game. We had no idea what Logan Lake was going to be like. They play right. in a league that's a pretty well a step above ours. Uh, the BCIHL has guys who've played major juniors, guys who played tier two up there, and then Logan Lake gets killed in that league. But we saw Friday night. That doesn't mean they're a bad team. It just means they're playing in a really good league. Uh, we just weren't quite ready for what they had for us. A very mature, structured team. And we don't see that as much in the ACHA. There's a lot more running around. And so there's a lot more gaps to be found and things to take advantage of. And there just wasn't a lot of room for us. And we weren't working for it. Uh, so that's maybe that was something to do with our legs and being rusty. But I think overall, we just weren't ready to play. And then Saturday night, we came out very much ready to play. Uh, first period was pretty even. Second period, we absolutely dominated. And by the third, they were they were done. So, uh, loved what I saw Saturday night, just on the ice itself. I think we played pretty well. So Wednesday, that means it's a wing it Wednesday. We have a free basket of wings for you from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now. Call number four does the wings for the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's right across the way from the Glacier Ice Rink. So uh, no better evening I can think of to have some Despo Wings and go on and watch some Grizz hockey. More on their upcoming games here uh, in just a moment. What was it like, though, playing outside? You were there uh, up in the Flathead, up in Kalispell, and sort of a a replication of this Winter Classic in the NHL. It's been such a huge uh, success. What did you guys think of it? I, You know, Carly, who helps out their team as one of our high schools, put it really well. She hasn't seen our guys that happy in a long time. That's awesome. It was a very magical day. It couldn't have gone better. The weather was perfect. We weren't having to worry about the sun. The snow up until the third was just the right amount of dust. It just it felt like we were playing inside a snow globe. Uh, the fans of Kalispell really showed up. The ice was good. Uh, the other team, Logan Lake, was just a group of really nice dudes, too. We were in like a locker room probably no bigger than this studio <laughs> and they're like two feet away from us yeah. and the coaches are good dudes their guys were into it so everyone just really came together and we had a really really good time we played well but even if we would have lost I think it would have gone down as just a top five hockey moment I texted my buddies that actually like that was that was one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of uh, so shout out to Tucker and Carly and Katie and and people here at the radio station who helped throw that together and Jeff and Steve for sitting up on the <laughs> They came up on a one of those called like a lift or whatever that oh, just yeah. goes right above and they oh, yeah. got no protection up there. <laughs> so everyone everyone came out and showed through and, and it was just yeah, it was pretty remarkable. We hung out on the ice afterwards. Their fans were coming out for autographs. Their nice. guys stayed out. Cool. I uh, got a lot of great pictures. Um got to see all of our first year guys come together and take a picture and that was kind of a cool moment as a coach to see those guys who came in when this was nothing. Uh 
this just an idea to have this moment for them. So it was very special. It was a great, great day. Well, super cool. And uh, glad you guys were able to put that together. Hopefully the first of many. Gris Hockey uh, coming off of a 5-2 um, to win over uh, Logan Lake up there at the Winter Classic, their rendition of the Winter Classic up there in Kalispell. But now uh, back home. So give us the rundown uh, on the weekend. It's kind of a weird weekend. For us, we're playing Williston State in Bozeman. This is one of those things where Bozeman's hosting them, or MSU is hosting them for two games. Yeah, they needed extra games, and we had the weekend off, so we'd help them out. We're gonna help pop over there Saturday night and take them on in between them playing MSU Friday and Sunday. Wow. Okay, and, th- and that's the only game of the weekend. That's right? the only game this weekend. And then you guys are in Great Falls the following weekend. We're is on that Great correct? Falls Friday, and then home on Saturday, I believe. Okay, so uh, University of Providence will host Grizz Hockey on the nineteenth. That's mm-hmm. next Friday, and then uh, your next chance to see them in town is next Saturday uh, with Providence coming down to the Glacier Ice Rink. We, of course, will have uh, next weekend's game uh, and all the games on ESPN Radio here on one hundred two nine ESPN Missoula, as well as. Uh, on the ESPN MT app, Jeff Safford will be uh, on the call. What do you hope to see then? I mean, obviously that's a it's a sweet experience, and then to cap it with a win too. So how do you sort of parlay those good feelings, that happiness into into this upcoming weekend? Well, I think it was a a good reminder for everybody involved that we're we're blessed to do this. It can be a bit of a grind as the year goes, yeah, and it can feel like a chore at times. And I think. That game was a nice emotional and mental reset to say, you know what, we're, we're a part of something that's pretty special. We're a part of something that not everyone gets to do, so we need to just enjoy it and uh, come ready to work. We had uh, great practice on Tuesday, and then today we had another unique event, uh, maroon and white scrimmage, and we had four to 500 students nice. at elementary schools. So Hellgate came out, uh, St. Joseph's. Lewis and Clark, a couple other schools came out. I went over there at my lunch break, and there was like 500 screaming kids. <laughs> it was crazy. So it was really cool. Uh, and then tomorrow, another day of practice. And I think the guys are in a good space, uh, emotionally and mentally right now. And that's the most important thing, is that you're feeling good about your game as the year comes to an end. Well, I was talking to uh, our good friend of the show and a good friend of mine, Riley Corcoran, who's the voice of the Grizz. And uh, he said, you're not going to believe because Riley is a, a pro sports junkie. He goes to Dodgers games. He goes to, uh, you know, all, and he always goes to Broncos games. He had never been to a uh, NHL game. And so he texted me. He said, you're not going to believe this, but I've never been to an NHL game. And I'm admitting this to you because I went to the uh, Avalanche Stars game in Dallas after the, the national championship. And he said... That was so cool, man. He's like, I got to go to the day. He's like, you got to give me tickets to the Grizz Hockey when they play the Cats. So you might have a new fan coming up here. That'd be awesome, yeah. <laughs> there's, And we've talked about this before. Hockey Live, Oh, it's there's nothing quite like it. How fast it is, how violent it is, how graceful it is. Uh, it's it's just a combination of things that you don't get in many other sports, and you don't. it doesn't translate the best on TV. It does not. But once you see it live and you get it, then it's easier to see on TV what's really going on. So I would highly recommend getting to a live game, especially no at the NHL level if you can, because uh, it's, it's, they're spectacular athletes, and it's, it's a great thing. It is, it is certainly the, the biggest thing that's accentuated by the live experience. I've been to all the pro sports. It's the one where when you go, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is totally different than what I've ever watched on TV. So but You can watch Hamilton on Disney+, Plus, but <laughs> you're not on Broadway. You that's, know? that's exactly not right. Mike Anderson here in studio. Chris Hockey, head coach, will join us uh, once a week here. Uh, thanks for swinging by, man. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, always. See you.
New Orleans Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, we'll get you set up for the rest of the week right after this. ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Come on, it's now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. We mentioned this, but worth mentioning again. First of all, a couple pieces of news from the day. First, uh, Clifton McDowell, senior quarterback for the University of Montana. No longer. He's into the transfer portal. Uh, not really sure the ins and outs of the why, but uh, I don't ever really know if we're going to know the why a lot of times. I, I was talking with a, a, a coach earlier today. And we were both agreeing that it's going to be fascinating to look back on this initial group of college athletes that were involved in this this incredibly unstructured time with all the extended eligibility because of the pandemic and the one-time transfer rule and name, image, and likeness and, and all this conference realignment. There's going to be some stories 20 years from now of great success. There's also going to be some stories of great regret. And there's going to be some stories of just the whole thing being a total mess. And I think that, you know, sometimes it takes bad circumstances or or people failing to figure out how to to get it all lined out. But uh, I don't really know if we're going to know the why truly from a lot of these guys transferring other than just the the lure of money and and elevated opportunities. The other piece of news, Taylor Housewright out as the offensive coordinator at Montana State. He took the same job at Akron to join Joe Moorhead's staff. Tyler Walker in. Walker is the tight ends coach there at MSU. He'll also continue coaching tight ends and fullbacks, and he will uh, be the offensive coordinator once again. Tomorrow, a Wednesday staple on a Thursday. Sam Herter will join us, plus a Thursday staple. Brooks Nuanas for the second day in a row. We'll talk all things NFL and we'll hear from Travis DeCure, the head coach of the Grizz men's basketball team. We'll see you tomorrow at 4. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure – uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.